0: You're listening to The Marginally Geeky Show, the epically geeky book
1: club.
2: Greetings and welcome to The Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight, I'm joined by Ray and Sean. How are you gentlemen doing? I'm awake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We did not do an episode... In December like we were talking about where we were going to talk about all of the other books that we've read Uh, it just it didn't happen like stuff happens it's the holidays everyone's busy so it's life uh, exactly it's life uh so who knows when we still try to work one in we'll see but i mean uh i've got some big news going on in my life right now and it's gonna be hard (laughs) like i'm even having to cut back on everything else at this point but uh anyway um tonight's uh we are discussing uh, this was actually my pick uh we actually kind of finagled the uh the uh, uh order around a little bit if you know, needed to and uh, sean and i actually teamed up because we're doing a two-part series in a, of books um so i took the first one and it is Dame, uh demon by daniel suarez um spelled damon spelled damon but <laughs> pronounced demon yeah um anyway so uh since it was my pick i'll go ahead and, and say why i picked the book uh somehow or another we were having a discussion about different books that we've read that we've really liked and when i brought up this book sean was like oh yeah i love that and we got to talking we've read a lot of his books he's a fantastic author uh it's funny when i was looking for the cover art or uh the thumbnail for uh the uh, youtube version of this uh, I found a version of the book cover that specifically says I want to say it was in New York Times or something, and there and they said uh, clearly the um, um, the next Michael Crichton, and I'm just and I totally agree because this is very Crichton esque in that let's take a scientific concept or uh, uh, some kind of a technology idea and let's let's take it to the nth degree, let's flesh it out, and that's what all of his books are are taking different um ideas with technology now since he is you know he's been writing most of this stuff within the last you know 10 or 12 years um it's it's very very modern it's very very uh of the day um and th- he's only written two two-part books um this one and one other one and it's funny because the other one was he had just he's just released he released the first part of it and the way it ended was okay and I thought, well, this is maybe one of my lesser favorites of the of the book series. And then I found out, oh no, it was it was just the first part. He had actually written a sequel to it. Cause like I said, he's only ever written one other sequel. And then when I read the sequel, I was like, oh no, this series is is fantastic. Like it, it needed the second book to fully wrap up everything that was going on in the first one. Um, and that being said, this book series is that way. Um we do have somewhat of an ending in this book, but to be completely honest with you, unless you read the other book, uh, Freedom, TM, uh, as in trademark, uh, it, you don't get the complete story. Um, and I, this is one of the first books that I read through Audible. Like I remember this is, I, I bought this way, way, way back. And because uh, I heard about it on a podcast and everyone just kept going on and on and on about it. And when I listened to it, I was just like, Yeah, I I, I think this is how I'm doing the rest of the reading for the rest of my life. Like, this was great. I enjoy (laughs) the everything about it. I enjoy. So uh, I guess we'll go ahead and and jump around and go ahead and do our initial impressions. You obviously already know mine. I I love this book. Um, Raise the raise the 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 one who hadn't read it yet. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you real quick, Sean, and then we'll get Ray's reaction.
1: Um, actually, I think this was probably one of the first books I got on Audible as well. Nice. Um, Recommendation. And yeah, this was a a gateway book, uh, demon, uh, into all the rest of the Daniel Suarez books because his writing style is, it is very Michael Crichton. He uses technology as a character Mm -hmm. in most of his books and he does it so well and the characters Are all well flushed out and well formed there isn't like a. as soon as you meet someone you know they're gonna die because there's they don't do any background he's the book itself is so masterfully written um now when i did read this book the first time the second book hadn't come out yet
2: really so i
1: had to wait for the cliffhanger oh no quite a while um not even sure if there was going to be another one, like if they were going to just leave it at that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you you have to read both books. They're two uh, two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're gonna miss out so much if you don't get the second one. But yeah, I love this one. It was great.
2: All right, Ray. So uh, now that we've uh, completely talked, uh, talked up this book and we both really liked it, um, I, when I we initially pitched it, I knew Jennifer wouldn't like it. There are things in the second book she's... She, concepts in the second book she would absolutely love. But I don't ever see her here, see her reading these, both of these books. Uh, Chris a question, and I was like, maybe she can get back past some of the more gory stuff and... You started reading it, and, and yeah. no,
0: no, this is not a Chris book. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with you. There are some concepts in the sep- second book that she would get on board with. Flat out, she would not listen to it for any period of time because she's not interested in in, <laughs> in that style of a story. And it's it's more the style, I think, that oh, okay. would uh, that would be she would just she, she'd she be like okay enough of the gore get to like tell me how we're gonna fix all this so
2: what's funny was is when i pitched it to you i i had forgotten about some of the other scenes and so when i was going back and listening to this i was like oh no there's more gore in this than i thought than i remembered yeah. so when you
0: told me there was one scene in particular i'm like which one because they're all bad man like <laughs> and, and bad as in like not i i don't right. i don't think Chris would appreciate listening to what they're describing. So, right, yeah, uh, she could probably do better in maybe reading it uh, as a book. Um, but even that, I don't think she's she's that interested in in that type of in the type of story. I think she'd be interested in the concept, but not in how we get there. Right. No. Fair enough. So, <laughs> if, if that's <laughs> um, so what were your as, thoughts? As for myself, um, I'll, I'll say this: I'd be pissed if I only got the first book. And I didn't hear about the second one. <laughs> like, there's no way I'm no this. This does, the first book does not have an ending. I know he says it, it. that's not an ending. That's uh yeah.
2: Oh, it is a, okay, okay. Go on, go on, in and I'll, I'll I'll say my piece. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is a oh shit. There's more to come, <laughs> and if they
2: don't do more, I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> so <laughs> it is okay. The reason why I said it has an ending is um. I just recently watched that movie. Um, oh, it's on Netflix. I can't think of what it's called. Um,
1: There's movies on Netflix.
2: Something or another. The world, the world moves on, or so. Anyway, and and it it very much ends like. Uh, so we've listened to multiple books, you know, on this thing, and I keep going. I when I finished watching that movie, I kept thinking about after it's in the second. I think it's in the se- is it the second or the third? It's the third. It's the third uh, Magic 2.0 series where they're sitting there right before they get pulled away, and they get to talking about they finished watching the movie, and they're like, what kind of an ending was this? He's like, it was a 70s movie. Everyone, Everything's ambiguous. You don't know exactly what happened. You're not sure exactly what happened in the movie, and the, pretty much the theory is, is well, everyone's fucked. So... and you can't do anything about it and that's how this this movie i just watched was and that's kind of how that's why i'm saying this one kind of has an ending because it's kind of like that it's just like there's a bunch of shit you can't do anything about it and everyone's screwed uh (laughs) but luckily and what's funny is is if i had you were talking about this being a gateway to the rest of his book sean if you had read his other books it would have so clearly been oh no there has to be a sequel because the rest of his books actually end usually on a, a fairly upbeat yeah part and this one you're right doesn't end that way so um so but you did enjoy the book yes yes okay Okay. um well let me just get a, a quick rundown of the story um essentially what this book is about is there's a um he's a He's a genius uh, video game programmer. He's like, well, super genius, actually, is how we should put it. Um, He literally passes away. And when he does, he has set forth this um, program onto the world. It's basically just a um, logic tree, to be quite honest with you. And that's how they, that's how they refer to it. Um, And then when I was writing the the, the write-up on this, I put it out there. Everyone is freaked out right now about AI. AI this, AI that, AI is going to take over the world. And this isn't even an AI. This is literally just someone has thought through a logic tree to the nth degree, and when the time he wrote this, I mean, this would have been would have seemed like futuristic. Now this is like, oh no, well you would clearly just make an AI to do this, like you know, or whatever. Yeah. But um, I, I was talking to
0: Sean this morning, and mm-hmm. this is the craziest if-then statement ever. No shit. Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah. Like. If this, then this, if this, then this, and this, yes, like, and that's a, just... and that's
2: kind of yeah. Um, but anyway, so he unleashes this AI, and it starts off sounding like he's got some kind of he he kills a couple of people. There are uh, some of the programmers are, are, are killed that were helping him do this. Um, and when they try to um raid his his uh his compound, like there's this, it's one of my favorite scenes of the book, but there's this huge showdown that goes, that goes on. And then there's a second one there and come to find out all this other stuff's going on. And the idea behind the book is he's unleashed this demon, which is a uh, program that basically just, it, that's what it's actually called. It's on your computer. You've got thousands of them running and they literally just sit there running in the background, waiting for input. Uh, So your printer, your keyboard, your mouse, those are all demons that run in the background and wait for input. And in this case, it's waiting for certain inputs. So the first one was the announcement of his death. And then there were certain other inputs that uh, they've raided his compound, that this thing's happened, that that thing's happened. Um, And so the police, the FBI, everyone is is trying to figure out why and how he's trying to uh, make all this money and why and how he's basically taking down uh, businesses and the government and everything else. And that's the that's the that's the front side of this. On the back side, we get other characters that are basically being um, groomed by him, manipulated, manipulated. <laughs> but they're being groomed by him to basically become workers for him. And then we get two guys in particular. We get two guys in particular. Their stories of of how he groomed them. Uh, one is well, they're basically both become enforcers, but one more so than the other. Um, one more of a wild card than the, anything else. And um, they're doing the demon's build, bidding and they are doing the dirty work that no one else wants to do. And this includes uh, killing. And, like, in one scene in particular, um, well, I'll, I'll just go ahead and talk about the scene. Uh, there are multiple people who work for the demon. They all look like just normal people. They've all got these headsets on and it's telling them when to meet up and everything. And they are slowly building this um, basically, it's like a mini railgun type weapon uh, that they give to the enforcer and he shows up and he kills a bunch of people in this office building and they were spammers and that's all it was and leaves a message. All spammers will die. And so literally within a few days, all of these businesses from all over the world, that's the other thing is like the the reason why the police, you know, the authorities can't figure out how to stop this is because all of this stuff happens simultaneously everywhere all at once. And so it's not like, Oh, a bunch of spammers were killed in the U S and then in Europe, like, no, it all happens all at once. And all of a sudden, you know, like you, you get these snippets of like, uh, internet and radio traffic and TV, uh, stories and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, Hey, by the way, all internet usage has gone down by like 30% because there's no more spam. And, you know, it's clearing the way for the demon to be able to do everything it needs to do. Um, so that's, the, that's the, the basic story. And we follow multiple characters who are get, who get caught up in this. Uh, one of them is a police detective that ends up getting framed for being part of the conspiracy. Um, he initially pulled in a hacker that um, has, has gone dark and is actually doing the best work on trying to figure out what's going on. Um, we have a guy called The Major. That's all we're told about him. Uh, we think he works for the government. Doesn't really sound like it. Sounds like he's working for a private industry. Um, and like I said, you follow multiple different characters. And Sean's right; they all end up becoming very well rounded. They all have their own motivations. Um, they have—they're just—they're good characters. And you—you you do wonder: um, Are they going to get out of the scene alive or not? And he does kill people fairly regularly. Like there's, um. There are certain characters you're pretty sure are going to make it, and then when something happens to them, you're like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> so, I uh, and
0: with that, there's one in particular, the Burning Man. Oh, John Ross is like one of my favorite characters.
1: Uh
2: huh.
0: So, when when he when his story takes that last
2: turn, that's uh, oh, not John Ross, you're thinking, that wasn't John Ross, that's uh, um, sorry. Um, I'm blanking on <laughs> the name. I literally just finished listening to the book like yesterday. Um, the Burning Man. Who's the Burning Man? God, what is his uh, name? Not John Ross. Right. Roy, Roy Merritt. That's Merritt. It.
0: That's right, yeah. Merritt. Roy Merritt. So when Roy Merritt meets his... Uh, well, I didn't mean we are getting into spoilers anyway. So yeah. when yeah. he meets his ultimate demise, I'm like, that motherfucker. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but, what it, but what I liked about it was... You got a little taste of like Loki, which is another character that uh, that I, I I love to hate. Well, yeah, love to hate, but it's um, you can understand the need for him at first. Yes. Um, anyway, so his reaction to to Merit's death, and uh, it, it's like, oh, okay, shit's getting real. Like it's yes, this is shit got real in the first bit where with the whole you know exploding everything but when when uh when the merit uh gets killed and it's revealed who kills him and everything it's like okay now i see like where this is going to take a turn here it, yeah. yeah that's where i got really interested
2: um okay so we've kind of had a brief rundown. Uh, let's see here um I already talked about why I picked the book or whatever uh, favorite favorite parts of the book I'm sure we have several so we'll just kind of go around um, that initial uh, uh, siege on the on the uh, uh, compound the or the com-
1: com- when
2: uh, the first group goes in and they hear the voice literally in front of them and then they they basically get their insides basically almost blown out by the ultrasonic sound and then when the humvee comes out, and just starts killing everyone left and right. I'm just like, oh, crap. This is, and what's crazy is the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, they're they're trying to explain it. They're like, well, why is it doing what it's doing? They're like, he's he's running it off of his game engine. Like, he's got it set up. I mean, making a car remote is not, I mean, it's not like the average person can do it, but it's also not like impossible to do either. Yeah. And if you were to hook it up and had a bunch of scissors, uh, sensors, I don't see why this wouldn't work. Like to some extent, now the amount of damage they were probably doing on it would probably have slowed it down at some point much faster than it did in the story. But yeah. when this, when this, this hubby is just tear assing around and killing people. And, and then when it, it catches on Seabek, the, the detective, and it completely just like misses him. And everyone's just like, why the hell didn't it kill Seabek? Like it clearly should have mowed him down. Um, it stops I, I,
0: stops right before you hits him. Like yeah,
2: up, up. okay. It's it's just that scene just blew me away. Like that was one of the first scenes that really kind of just blew me away. As to okay, so he's really going to use technology to, and, and make it so that there are there are scenes that later on in the book where we get where there has to be some kind of human interaction. And this is one of those scenes. It's like no, this is completely just the computer's doing what it's it's been told to do. You know, if the, like you said, the ultimate, if then question, you know, statement, if the building is breached, then unleash hell. Yep. And that's what happens. Yep. So,
0: yeah. uh, and, and if Sony survives, then this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's one of your favorite scenes, Ray? Uh For me, um, uh, the, the John Merritt, uh, or sorry, the Merritt's, Merritt's passing was one of them, but the other one that really stuck out for me, um and i'm really trying not to blur this book with the next one oh, no I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's hard <laughs> i specifically
2: I, did not re-listen to the second book okay. to make sure I,
0: <laughs> I did that
2: so i listened to them back to back because i couldn't stop oh with, yeah absolutely like, no way out.
0: so um you know what talk to sean and then come
2: back to me because i had another one that i was thinking okay of, so. sean uh, favorite scene in the book that you can think of.
1: Um that that opening scene and anytime that the vehicles were going mm-hmm. like because they were so well thought like even uh, like even he wrote in how they were created mm-hmm. like people just coming in from nowhere to and then they're like oh I guess you needed this part they have no idea what they the parts are needed for and then they started putting out the what the automats, the the cars. Automates, automates, yeah. And it yeah. was just even taking the time to do the conversations with those like mechanics or like, what are we building here? And then when they, they see the um, the plans for the what the razorbacks. razor the Razorbacks, and that, that's when they're like, holy crap, what are we building? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think the scenes are so well written, and like, I just, I like everything like that was a really good one but even um when cbex talking to himself like the the inner monologue trying to figure out what's going on and all that it's just i could see that i could picture it and it was Mm -hmm. it was really well done
2: yeah that scene where they're building them uh they they first get the plans for that razorback and they that's when they start having questions they're like well we up to this point we could have pretended well maybe Maybe the cars that we're building are being used to (laughs) transport people. Maybe they're not killing machines. And they're like, no, this is clearly a killing machine. And they start having doubt. And then the one guy is just very factual. He's like, listen, guys, if we don't build this thing, it's going to kill us. So how about we have all these people that it's going to kill plus three, or we make the things and it kills all (laughs) these people. So by process of elimination, we're doing the right thing by building these things. And I'm just like, yeah, I totally see someone being like, "Oh no, I'm not <laughs> going against the demon now." Like, <laughs> screw that. Um, but yes, you're you're right. The, one of the other things I love about this book is he does explain things very well, but I never feel like I'm talked down to. I no. never once felt he's just very matter-of-fact. This is what a demon is, and this is how this is what it does. Oh, this is a denial of service attack. This is how this is carried out, and this is why it he never talks down technology-wise to someone. So even if you're not very technology proficient, you can still grasp what he's talking about and understand. And then you immediately see how it's being um, used in the real world. So it's not just, it's not theoretical. They do talk a little theoretical, but then you almost immediately get, no, this is how this could be used in the real world or you know how it's being done in the real world. Ray, you have a scene?
0: Um, I, I'm just trying to think back again. Uh, I was going through my, my notes here. <laughs> <laughs> that I kind of got um, and there, I think there's just so many that it's hard know. to pick because um, I enjoyed I enjoyed Sebeck and John Ross like I enjoyed the interaction between those two um, I enjoyed John Ross's character as well John Ross was an amazing yeah, character like, what a great character to have
2: oh um, yeah because you get so many twists and, first he just seems like oh he's just this he's just this you know, he's he's a modern computer guy. Like, yeah, he doesn't have a, a stationary home. That's just, this is how I live. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. No, you, you came from a different... Whoa, you you had planned plan? Like, you had a, a bug out bag? and
0: Yeah. like oh, yeah.
2: Who are you? And then, yeah. but when it comes around, you're like, no, I like this guy even more because he's like, now he's determined to figure out what the hell's going on and and everything else. And so, hey, that's well, what I, I think, think
0: about
1: that. Yeah, think the other thing with John Ross as a character the demon is manipulating everyone in that book except for John except for Ross them. exactly he's, yep. he's the wild card it, yep the one thing that he didn't count on
0: mm-hmm. no and so. and I love the way it played out with that I yeah. I remember I remember the other scene that I really liked and it was when um, it was I can't remember the, the character's name but it's when he finds finds Strauss and it has that big, huge battle in the game against Strauss in the, um, oh. in, in the first meeting in the game, and he goes to this private server, and and he's and he's trying to. Strauss oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah
1: yeah it's the German yeah. that he he beats the game. It's actually the Damon or Dean. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's an A or it's yeah. A, a I out the D. Yeah. So, um, so I I really liked how all of a sudden like all the, the whole game stops essentially and he goes down this tunnel and there's stressed spoken and all right if if you think you're the real shit, come to this area. And like leaves. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's gotta go find the real area and in, in Texas of all places. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently
2: the author is from South Texas. So Okay, that makes yeah. sense. No, the uh, um The explanation are the uh, because he he explains some things. And when he gets anytime he talks about Texas, he's spot on. Like he's like it's like, (laughs) okay you either did a lot of research or you grew up around there. there. (laughs) So so I I like that scene. And then like the whole car
0: sinking in the mud. And he's like, well, I've gone this far. Let's keep going. So that scene where he meets Strauss in the real world, essentially. Yeah, uh, it was like that was a pretty cool moment.
2: Um, going back to Roy Merritt. Uh, so we, we, when we first meet Roy, it, it's him and his group, they're trying to breach the uh, the house, and they have that moment where uh, the the generator's been shot out. Everything should be dead on the on the property, and then the uh, sprinkler system starts spraying gas, and it literally burns and kills everyone on the team except for um, Merritt, and. He just loses his shit and he goes into the building, but he's smart about it and he actually stands up against it, which is funny because in the book you called him the burning man. That's what he becomes because um, the, the the demon uses the video of it to, as a calling card that not only am I real, but you know, yeah. look at this guy, you know, if you have what it takes, look what you can accomplish. Yeah. And that whole scene where he's going to the house and he almost makes it and then you're just like, well, ah, damn, that sucks. I kind of like this guy. And then he shows back up. He he managed to make it. And you're just like, oh, sweet. Yes. And then you get the whole scene at the very end where he's just he's a badass on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then going back to the technology, uh, there you know, he talks about like he's trying to shoot out this stuff on the, t- on the car. And he's like, sorry, asshole, the wheels are solid rubber. So that ain't going to work. And then we start trying to shoot the sensors off; they don't work. And then when he starts prying them off, it's like you know, uh, one of of thir- of twelve have is, is down or whatever. And he with a knife, with a knife, down. yeah. <laughs> and just that one line, he's like, you know, he knew he had to have three layers of, of backup. So as long as four sensors are working, Loki can still control the car. But now he's gotten down to like. You know, five or six left, and he's like, No, I gotta do something about this. But and then we get that that whole heartbreaking scene, the scene he's talking about. Um, and if you haven't listened to the book yet, Uh, what the hell are you listening to this for? Yeah, um, go listen to the book. (laughs) But yes, this is where we already knew the major was going to be a royal son of a bitch, uh, just because of the way he operates. But when he kills Merritt out of cold blood, it's just like, Oh, damn, you are a son of a bitch. Um, let me think here. Um, that was a scene that I, I greatly enjoyed. Uh, the scene where, so let's stick to uh, the um, the the police officer um, when he died. I thought, okay, well, I guess is that it. Like, I kind of had the feeling he wasn't going to die, but then when it's like, oh, no, he dies. Seebeck seebeck yeah. When Seabec yeah. dies and he sp- says, you know, Pete Seebeck died at this time. I'm just like, okay, yeah. and then literally the last scene of the book is he is, he's woken back up and we're introduced to another character. Um, chunky monkey. <laughs> yeah. Who, uh, <laughs> has a much bigger part in the second book, but just meeting him, you're just like, okay, this is like the total, this is the, the stoner dude. Oh, and the yeah. fact he's going to pairing with see This is interesting. Um, but the whole time, I also love the audio for this book because anytime that, um, what was the what was the old guy who died? What was his name? Um, oh, um, I'm blanking out. Anyway, anytime he was on there, they Sobel? had like an, Sobel. Anytime Sobel was on and was speaking, we had like this audio filter on it, and it just little yeah. things like that just add so much to this book. Because yeah. um, you clearly and and it's funny because it even talks about there are times where um, and you know what, re-listening to this book, there's only one. There's only one uh, uh, reader credited for this book, but if Jeff you listen Garner. to it, the female voices are female voices. I don't think it's him doing a female voice, especially no. whenever it's the computer. No, there's there's a female yeah.
0: uh, actor. Or
2: there has to be because the female voice is yeah. too good for the for the for the computer generated AI when it's talking. Well, and
0: and for another character too. I remember, I thought I heard. Well, she would, uh, yeah, she would act as if, Angie. Yeah, she would act as that if uncertain.
2: Yeah, she uncertain, may have too. So,
0: on certain aspects, anyway, I just
2: specifically remember listening to it again and hearing the, yeah. the female generated voice. And I thought, that's not yeah. a dude. That's that's either so, a computer, a legitimate computer, which I don't think it was because at the time this book was recorded, or it is a, a female voice. I, I think it was a female voice actor. Oh, yeah. It's um, a shame
0: they didn't get credit because it's fantastic it's it,
2: it, it is integral to the book story because uh, anytime you hear it um and I, I love all of the interactions when people first don't they don't get it they don't understand what's going on so they'll hang up or they'll do whatever um the um the uh, uh, the guy in the prison um oh yeah i i love him as a character as well i don't think we get too much more of him in the second mostly. Movie. Mosley, yeah, Charles Mosley. Yeah. I don't think we get too much more of him in the second but I loved his character. Like it's like he was clearly a bad dude, but he's obviously trying to fix stuff. But the whole time he's just like, "All right, well, I'm just going to keep going. There's there's nothing yeah. else to oh, yeah. do." But
1: he just walks out of the prison. They give him the clothes, like, <laughs> <it's>
2: yeah, crazy. <laughs> and it, he's just like, "I'm just waiting for the hammer to drop. I'm just waiting for the hammer to drop." And I do like whenever well, he stops the car, and yeah, he, he you know he tries to turn off and right. the car dies. Yeah, and he's just you know the phone rings. He's just like, "All right, I screwed up." <laughs> yep. So, those um,
0: those clever too, but you don't hear from him really a lot afterwards. There's a couple of times you hear yeah. from him, but mm-hmm.
2: yeah, because I like and I like the fact that I like I do like the scene where he gets his boy back. It's a heartbreaking scene, mm-hmm. and he's like, "This is the best I can do for you," yep. and but. I'm trying but, to do something.
0: Yep. So, and it, I, I I liked I appreciated that part too where yeah. it's not
2: yeah. Um let's talk about Loki though. <laughs> Loki's a an asshole from from the very start. Oh shit. Yes he is. Uh, and the scene in the next book is is one of the scenes that I, I was thinking about. Uh we're not going we won't cover that yet ends up you know one ends up happening to him. I it's that is a hard scene for me to listen to. That being said, it's like well, if anyone deserved it, you kind of did. <laughs> so, because uh, he starts off like he's he's um, he's an identity thief. He's selling stuff. You know, he's selling drugs and shit. He's getting uh, young girls to do stuff on video that they you know clearly shouldn't be doing. Um, and then you know he ends up going around killing people and not doesn't have a problem with it at all. Like when that scene, like you were talking about in the gaming pit. Uh, He killed several people using that um, that uh, electrical wire gun and didn't didn't blink one second. So uh, but he's an interesting character. And and seeing how he was played by the demon was was fascinating. So, yeah, we'll get um, to that in the second book for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's um,
1: the one of the things about this story is like if you're rereading it or something like that focus on how the characters are being used by the demon because everyone there has a purpose and it, oh, it's yeah. really like Loki's purpose. Yep. It, yeah, he's a bad dude, but he's a part of the process. They this whole thing wouldn't work without him.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah. Fight fire with fire and that's what was done.
1: Yeah. Um and once again, it just goes to Daniel Suarez's writing. Like just brilliant. I, I can just picture like the maps on his wall, like plotting all this stuff out and yeah, drawing all the lines and all that, and connecting everything.
2: Yeah, Seebeck was like he said, he had to he had to sacrifice somebody. Uh and and you know, and the way the tree pared it down, Seebeck was the one that got the call and the one that followed up on it. So you know, you had to, you were the one that I had to sacrifice. Uh, Mosley is an enforcer that he needed to basically, you know, to do the jobs that needed to be done. Loki is the.
1: um, He basically starts off as a sheriff.
2: Essentially. Yeah. yeah, He's kind of like a harbinger of death, essentially. Just, you know, go out there and create chaos and, and and hunt down the people that, you know, I, no one else can. He, He actually gave, he gives him a lot of leeway. Uh, yeah. you know, there are general, there's some general ideas and some general things that need to be done. I don't care how you get it done, just get it done. Yeah. So, and, and it's, and it goes back cause it talks about obviously, um, their, everyone's background, uh, who plays a part in the story was, was thoroughly researched as to, cause it talks about there are, there was like four or five other, um, uh, detectives that could have gotten the case and i guarantee there would have been you know and they do say that every single one of them had like you know offshore accounts show up or whatever but like that was just like the underpinning stuff i'm sure the background stuff that he would have needed to basically build them up and then destroy them you know make to make to make them sacrifice was probably all sitting there and because the logic tree didn't go that way oh well whatever so Mm -hmm. who cares but pretty much uh was there a least favorite scene in the book for you I can't think of one. I'll, like I said, I love this no. book from start to finish.
1: Um, I think the first time through, mm-hmm. it pissed me off that they were doing what the demon says in order for the corporations to protect themselves. And they sacrificed Seabek. Because mm-hmm. at that point, it's yeah. like, yeah, you're really sacrificing the only good guy. And yeah. that NSA, I can't remember her name. She knew that. Yeah. yeah. She knew yeah. the truth and it was crazy and they still injected it. Yeah.
0: I, I would I'll agree with that. Because <clears throat> I remember listening to that part. I'm like, if they actually fucking kill this guy off, I'm not gonna <laughs> go to this book. Like <laughs> flat out. So yeah. Forward- but I mean
2: she did say, Oh god, I can't see like I said, I just read this damn book and I can't remember anyone's damn name. Uh she was like, Well, you are going to intercede on his behalf, right? Because obviously the demon is real and they're just like no, no, we can't let this be known. Like markets are going to crash and yeah. people could like millions of people could die or lose their jobs and everything else. So sorry. Sacrifice one for the many. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But that was, that was not a, yeah. That mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about um, not only does, not only is it a technological a, a book based on technology and, and taking the idea of what it can do to the nth degree. Uh, there are clearly some uh, ideologies and um, um, very strong feelings about um, capitalism and markets and businesses and everything else that are wrapped up in this. Um, and it's, it's really hard to not be like, you know, I hate those people that are like Thanos was right. No, Thanos wasn't right. Thanos was a monster (laughs) and it didn't make sense to just make a bunch to snap his fingers and make a bunch more, you know, uh, resources that, that was, that's stupid. Thanos was a moron. The what's his face that died was kind of like, I don't know. The government government. is kind of run by businesses and they aren't kind of screwing everyone over. (laughs) So, um, and this book was, this book isn't like, this book is at least a decade old. And, you know, you, you, you talk to the younger generations and like, oh, the current generation of people are just like, uh, uh, um, they're not Z. What are they now? They're alpha, uh, Alpha or something like that. But yeah. Gen Z has just pretty much like, yeah, we're not going to be able to own houses.
0: Yeah. So we've, and we've actually had, a few conversations with our kids about it because um, we're seeing a generation now go into workforce and being like, I'm not putting up with this corporate bullshit because yes, I've seen I've seen you treat the people that were loyal to you like absolute shit. Mm-hmm. So fuck you! I'm gonna go figure it my own way, uh, which I respect. I'm like, oh. No, I
2: totally do too. <laughs> uh,
0: you know our the generation before us was taught that if you worked hard and you were loyal to your company, your company would take care of you. And then corporations took advantage of that mm-hmm. and continued to take advantage of that. And so it's um, interesting to me that you've got that narrative in this and the second book. And it definitely explores that more in the second book.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's... I, I think if I were to recommend this book now, like if I had recommended it back when I read it, it would have been well-received and probably well-enjoyed. Because once again, going back to, it's just a good story. It's well-written. It's excellently performed. You would have enjoyed it then. Introducing it to someone now, they'd probably be like, holy shit, this guy gets it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, this is what we need to do. Okay, so another thing. um, Once again, so in this book, um, everything is done by a logic tree. Like I said, nowadays it would have been done by uh, it, it would have been done by an AI. Um, he explores this more in the second book, but he talks about how there's this. It's about the size of a small vehicle or a refrigerator or whatever, and it's basically a milling machine. And you know, you can put material in, and the computer controls it and does stuff like that. Flash forward to now, if he was writing this book, this would have been totally 3D printers. Would have been just like, oh no, we take all the material, we put it in, kind of like in the Bobiverse books. Would have been like, yeah. you know, we have this, we have metal, we have plastic, we have gold, and it will make its own in silica, and it will three D print its own boards and, and produce the whole thing. And um, he didn't quite see three D print coming, but he sure got damn close to it. Yeah. So um, once again, so and it's the other thing is, is the technology even if it's not technically current. The way he looks forward to it, he's very good at at seeing something that hasn't quite come or is is damn close to what ends up coming, um, yeah. which is kind of kind of going back to Michael Crichton. That was one of the things about Crichton was he didn't necessarily nail the future technology on the head, but he got close enough that it's it's like, dang, yeah. you 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 had a good shot at seeing the future there. Um, let's see here, just kind of run through some of the other questions here. Um. We've, we've kind of already talked about the writing. You know, the, the writing is very good. Um, would you read another book by the author? Uh, yes, because I've actually read everything the man has written. I have read all of his books. And I do have favorites over others. Um, but I have enjoyed all of them to some extent. And even the ones that I've read that... Um, I just thought we okay. I go back every so often I'll go back and re-listen to him. And I'm just like, yeah, there was some stuff in here I did really like and mm-hmm. and, and just enjoyed. So he's definitely, if I had to pick favorite authors, he's definitely going to be on my list. Um, yeah. So if uh, Ray, if you're looking for other things to listen to, basically just click on his name and just <laughs> just start adding all of his books to your <laughs> To your wish list. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> there are going to be other ones that if you read, like I said, I, I can kind of steer you, and I'm sure Sean has ideas as well. Have you read most of his other books, Sean? Or? I
1: think I've read all of them.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are other books that it's an interesting idea, and maybe, I don't know, something about it just didn't grab me as well. Uh, but, yeah, some of his books are just some of my absolute favorites. So, And some of them are even one-offs. Um,
1: yeah, Killed Influx decision. was good. Killed Influx shit, yeah. was
2: Influx, I thought it was good. Kill decision is another one of my favorite ones. The one about the drones, yeah, that one is a fan and scariest shit. Compared <laughs> considering what's going on in the world, as <laughs> shit. Um, let's see here. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna really worried about the mood. Um, any lingering questions you have? I mean, we've all read the second book. So we already know a lot of this. A lot of the stuff that's left open at the end of this one gets tied in, tied up in the second book. So it's kind of a hard question to ask. Do you have any lingering questions?
0: If you had have asked me that after just the first book, I would have mm-hmm. said, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> uh, knowing what I know now, I'm
2: I'm fine, but
0: I'm glad there's not another one.
2: Fair enough. Yeah, and I don't think he's the type of person that would go back and and be like, "Oh, eh, let me go ahead and throw a third one on there." Like he's, I think he clearly is thinking, "Well, what what's going on right now?" Like I can't wait to see what if when he writes another book, what it's going to be about. I'd almost guarantee it's going to be about AI, and it's going to be something that we haven't thought about yet. It's going to be, I, who knows? So, yeah. um, the narrator, fantastic. I think uh, the oh, same yeah. narrator does all of his books, and yeah, okay. Um, that's good to know. Uh, Jeff Gurner, I think, is who the narrator. Yeah,
1: he's great. I've he's another one like Ray Porter that I've looked and found books just because of Jeff Gurner.
2: Yep, I have
0: too. Okay, yeah. so. I, I I will say I appreciated uh, his pace and and tone. Like everything fit. Uh, And the different voices that he had as well. Like he was able to jump from character to character. And you know, who's talking Mm -hmm. sometimes you don't get that. uh, But this is again, more performance rather than just reading to you. So, yeah,
2: maybe you can, maybe you have an opinion of this, Sean, I'm thinking back to it now, maybe. Okay. So like Ray Porter and, and um, well, particularly the guy who who was reading the uh, magic 2.0 and then like uh, the authorities, I noticed a lot of his voices get reused. I'm thinking to, I'm thinking of Jeff Garner and I, I'm not thinking of any, any particular times where I'm like, Oh, that's clearly this character from this other book. Like it may be close, but it's no. not close enough that I'm like, Oh, that's clearly this character or this clearly this person.
1: Uh, yeah. I don't get that. Mainly I like, cause he does all the Daniel Suarez books. Um, because I think it's a combination of the characters are so well-developed in the stories that it's easier to like, get a voice for them that is only theirs. It's, he's not voicing generic characters. Mm-hmm. He's voicing very fleshed out, which I think makes he, he gives them inflection, better inflections and stuff like that. Um, and he's just so brilliant at it. Like, you could listen to him and you're like, this isn't the same guy between voices. Like John Ross it doesn't uh, yeah. sound like any other character, and no.
0: it's, uh, that's what I was gonna say. John Ross talking to Seaback is like,
1: it's <laughs> crazy. But yeah, because
2: Seaback's kind of got a gravel. Oh yeah, yeah. he's yeah. you can um, you can just tell from his voice that he's not happy in where he's at in life. Yep. He's just yeah. I'm I'm by the book. Yep. I'm gonna get the shit done. Yeah, I'm I'm not putting anything. Like else I love it.
1: Ray Porter. I'll, I one of my favorite narrators, but I think yep. of Gurner's. Better. Got him on different characters and like keeping them very distinct.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. See, now I almost want to go back and reread some of his other books just so I can see <laughs> can test this hypothesis. But I was just thinking about it and I was just like, cause like I said, in, um, in particular, the, 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 the magic 2.0 series and the authorities books, there's very clearly a couple of characters. I'm just like, Oh, that was that so-and-so in this book. And it's this character in this one. And like I said, and I don't see that in here. So Not consistent where this was consistent <laughs> between the two books. Very Yes, very much so, and which almost makes me wonder. I should have done some research. Of course, I didn't think about these questions until just now. I wonder how long it was in between. <laughs> him reading the first and second book. It may not have been to, the way it sounds, it sounds like it wouldn't be it was that long. Like it almost sounds like he he read them back to back because you're right. They are super consistent. There's yeah. as soon as you pick up the second book, you know exactly who everyone is yep. and and everything else. So. Yep.
1: Well there were 4 years between the books. Wow. So 2006 for Demon and 2010 for Freedom.
2: Freedom is only, was 2010? I thought it was older than wow. that. So when did you read this one? Do you remember?
1: Oh, uh, it's, well, it would have been before then. I think it was, hmm. Oh my God. It I was back lost my in mind. the date. This is before Audible. Um, I would
2: have lost my mind having to wait four years
1: <laughs> for the conclusion of this series. It, it wouldn't have been four years. It would have been somewhere in there, but uh, uh-huh. yeah, it was like,
2: that Seriously. would have been rough. Fuck that. Did he write <laughs> yeah. anything between these two? Uh, Sorry, I'm putting on I'm I'm putting all these this research <laughs> yeah. stuff on you. I don't I honestly don't mean to do that, but because uh, now I'm thinking I was like, four years, surely he wrote something in between there. But it flows so well, I can't imagine stopping with this story, switching gears, doing something else, and coming back to it as well as he did, but maybe he did. So
1: uh no, looks like So Demon was 2006, Freedom Mm -hmm. 2010, and then Influx was 2014. Oh, they are a little out of order. Kill Decision was 2012. Okay. And then Delta V and Critical Mass.
2: Those are his his latest two. That was 2019 and
1: 2023, so four years between those two. Wow.
2: That makes sense because when I read Delta V, I thought that was the end. And I was just like – because it does wrap up better than this one does. And I thought – yeah, this was not one of his better books. I didn't really care for this. I didn't like how it ended. And then when I, I read uh, the other one, I was just like, oh, this is a really good series. <laughs> so uh, I didn't realize I'd waited that long. So maybe I wouldn't have lost my mind. I don't know.
1: I'm pretty sure if you look it up, there's a YouTube uh, episode where they're interviewing Daniel Suarez mm-hmm. and they bring on Jeff Gerner and Gerner reads some of the, one of the books during the interview, it was so weird yeah. seeing someone actually read it uh-huh. um, and changing his voices on the fly. That was Okay. Cool.
2: I'm going to have to look that up I have to try that for sure. That sounds awesome. Um, let's see here. Um, would you recommend this book? Yeah, obviously did. And <laughs> I actually just recommended to a couple of the ghostbusters over this weekend. Um, it's funny. So I was, no, wait a minute. Did I recommend that? No, I actually didn't recommend this book. I've got to recommend this book once the oh, other, once yeah. the other one's hit. Um, I had to have a ride home Saturday night and a ride back to the convention Sunday morning. And I rode with two different group members. And uh, that night we got to talking and I recommended the uh, Magic 2.0 series. And um, um, what was the other book series that I, I recommended to him? Um, I think it was...
1: Trader Tales?
2: No, I think it was Earthside. I think it was the. Oh, okay. And then the guy in the next morning, I recommended Expeditionary Force because he just we were talking oh. about something. He mentioned <laughs> monkeys, and I was just started laughing. He's like, "What?" And I'm just like, "There's this little book series, <laughs> little just <laughs> a couple little, of books, little book series." And I started, to, I started explaining to him. He goes, "That sounds fantastic." I'm like. Yeah, it, it, it kind of it is. So you, you gotta
0: get you gotta get like eight hours into the first book, and then it's... Oh no! And I did tell
2: him <laughs> that. I said I said it takes halfway through that book before because otherwise you're just like, well, this is just kind of an okay sci-fi book. And then yeah. when 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 Skippy hits, that hits. Oh yeah. So. so, um, let's see here. What themes, tropes, um, you know, did did the book explore? I think we've already covered that because we talked about it is very much um the world is, is set. businesses have pretty much, you know, there are governments, but and it even says at one point, you know, I, I think John Ross is the one that even it tells, you yeah. know, the, the female researcher. He's like, Oh no, the, your country is run by, by businesses. You just, you just don't realize it yet. Um, and that's the thing that, that, uh, uh the demons is there to, to handle. Oh, that was another scene that I love is the, the guy who owns the big business and his, his employee, you know, his head of secu- uh, yeah. security comes in and tells him, "Was like, Hey, we've been taken over like weeks ago and we're just now figuring out what it is. And he's like, we've been taken over by a demon. Watch this video, that whole video explaining how <laughs> parasites work and how, you know, your, your business has now been infested by these parasites and I now own your business. And if you just keep going along, you'll make money and everyone will be happy. If you decide to to uh, try to fight me, I will destroy you and your businesses and anything else you create the rest of your life. Have a good day. And it's yeah. literally like that <laughs> upbeat. It's hilarious. <laughs> yep, because as dark as these books are, there are some laugh out loud scenes in these in these books. Oh yeah, so.
0: it it, it reminds like it's a proper business video. of Welcome to the you know the Demon Network, and Demon was- LL Scene <laughs> Industries. Yeah, <laughs> so you two are going to be fantastic
2: as long as you do what we say. Exactly. Oh, it's yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, let's see. We already talked about the narrator. Um. If you could, okay, here's a good question. If you could ask the author anything, what would it be? Uh, My question is, is when's your next book coming out? (laughs) Yeah. So that would be what I would ask him. I would love to see to, and I have thought if we, if we ever decide to try to go after some more authors, uh, I'd like to see, I I have a feeling it's just going to be you, Ray. Um, But if we can get a couple more of his books under your belt, uh, I would love to reach out to him to daniel suarez and see if we could get him on the show i'd love to interview yeah. the man because i've been yeah. a huge fan since i started reading his stuff
0: yeah yeah
2: so oh,
0: yeah. i'd be on board for that um yeah i'd be on board for that
2: any questions you'd have for him you can think
0: of right offhand without knowing too much i'd ask him how he is with excel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. hilarious that's
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd almost, I'd almost want to ask him because um, you know, kind of the running joke with Stephen King is he can look, he can look at anything and turn it into a horror story. He'd be like, you know, looking around at my desk and be like, oh, that lamp's going to come alive and kill, you know, you and yes. whatever else, and it's from a parallel universe and blah blah blah. And I'd want to maybe kind of ask him also, uh, you know, just where what techno is there a certain type of technology that grabs your attention or are you just kind of open to everything cuz i mean he's talked to, he's, uh, he's talked about biometrics he's talked about drones he's obviously talked about computer programming like he covers a wide spectrum of of
1: technologies
2: as it were yeah
1: oh genetics that was a, a pretty good one too he was I, really that,
2: yeah. Good yeah i think the other question
0: i would have for him is is there any way we can get black mirror to do a series
1: on
2: <laughs> that would be fun.
1: Um, I've heard rumors that this is going to be produced. I think, an be. Option. Yeah. I think
0: it should be. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's an excellent story for that to be transitioned into a, a movie,
1: right? You've got at least two seasons,
2: yeah, exactly. You'd have to, so. you, you could definitely pull two yeah. seasons out of it. I, and this is one of those times where you know how. They have to model, you know, we have to do some modifications for a book to become a TV series. This is one of those times I could see where they would change it to an AI and then really scare the shit out of it right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if you left it as just a logic tree and you're just like, Oh no, this, we're not even tapping on AI. This is just, this is just simple programming, essentially being able to do this. Now think about what AI can do. That might really scare the hell out of people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you so. did shorter seasons of like three and four episodes, you could actually do, like, you could do, like, the entire Siege and, mm-hmm. and all of that as Season 1. And then the aftermath is Season 2. And then... Season... You could break it into four, you six probably have, like, four, seasons. You're right. Yeah, you could probably do it for, like, three or four seasons.
2: Yeah, because that's how they tend to like to do things, so...
0: Yeah. So your your first season would be the introduction and, and the Siege. Mm-hmm and then the then the aftermath of the siege would be season two
2: and then season three would be the first part of book three and then yeah and that's you'd have to find a spot so there the, and ago. then the the final part for i don't remember if it's about halfway through the book i think it is the final part of season three would be where uh all the shit happens to loki because that, yeah. be yeah. that would be a hell that would be a hell of a cliffhanger right that's there. your cliffhanger right there yeah
0: just like oh my god what is happening so season three ender uh, you know what and get the writers
2: of uh, the boys to help out <laughs> <laughs> or at least the production staff all right we need lots yes. of blood. yes so, um well I, I think we'll wrap it up uh i'm not even gonna go around with the normal you know definitely did you enjoy it or not because i think we've all pretty much we've, we've definitely you know said that we all enjoyed this book series so um I guess with that said, let's go ahead and move on to uh, what else we've been reading. Um, Does anyone, anything anyone else has been reading that's been of interest?
1: Um, I read Huge by Brent Butt, Corner Gas fame. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was his first novel. It was kind of a comedy, I don't know, thriller Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was his first time out. So uh, at least he wrote what he knew about comics and on the road kind of thing. So he drew from that. And then there's mobsters. And, and then the cool thing was he read it. Um, so he narrated it himself, which was okay. pretty cool. Um, That's cool. Then I just did Aftermath by Craig Allenson. That's book 17 in the Expeditionary Force. I don't
2: area. want to go into it too much. What did you enjoy it?
1: I was a little concerned at the beginning mm-hmm. um, just because of the time gap. Mm-hmm. I don't typically like that, uh, but it did an hour or two into it. It started picking up again. And when, yeah, the, the banter between Skippy and everyone was great. And it was like, all right, no, this is good. So, started
2: we had the conversation. The first 10 books are kind of the same thing. They kind of start getting very repetitive. They're kind of the same thing over and over again. And then something happens in the 10th book and it changes things. And that's how it flows until book 15. Um, and I enjoyed it. I, I, I remember saying having the conversation, I wish we got about another two chapters, just kind of wrap things up. Cause uh, at that time I was, you know, I think I'd read this as the final book. Well, we got another book. You're right. It's aftermath. Um, I, Cannot believe how easily I just slipped back into that world and how much I enjoyed it. And I have to say the new challenges that they're, they're being put up against, it makes it fresh and it makes it fun. And I'm ready to go for a bunch more books.
1: See, and I thought this was the swan song. This was the final two chapters. They were like, he's Uh just going to wrap things up because that time jump. Right. And then when it didn't, I'm like, Holy fuck. He's going to keep going. I'm, I've been so close to pulling the trigger on re-listening to the entire series from book one. I just, I've, <laughs> I've got so much, I got so much in my queue. Uh-huh. But I'm trying to get through. So I'm like, Oh, do I want to like go through six months of this? Um,
0: so but, it's, it's interesting you say that because I can't remember where I left off. I, it's somewhere after the, the big switch where, Things changed, in so it's after that, you've okay, you've
2: uh, read right up to at least book ten, then
0: it's somewhere in there where yeah, okay, where the big switch occurs, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, this could be interesting, and then I'm I started listening to the next book and I've stopped right, because I'm just like I got saturated with Skippy and <laughs> everything yeah. and um uh, and and then I, we got listening to other books and I just I got away from the series completely, so I'd have to like recap myself a little bit mm-hmm. in order to get back into the series.
2: I'll be honest with yeah. you, you could probably just whatever book you found you left off you left off on, just start it back over and you would probably yeah. be fine. Yeah. So, uh, no, but I get that. There it, it's a lot of skippy and it's a lot of stuff kind of over and over again. So, yeah. uh you probably do need to take a break from time to time cuz trying to so, go
0: straight through would be rough. And, and so and that's what I was doing and it was it was good and uh, you know I was enjoying it, but it was also eating a lot of credits and yeah. <laughs> no, fair good. yeah. I got I, I got a, a lot
1: of those books on uh, you're saying sale. It for free. Yeah. I did too. Yeah, yeah, freer for sale. So yeah. yeah, which made it that's why and it's a nice thing to keep them in your wish list because then you see when that kind of stuff pops up. But. Yeah. yeah, actually. Yeah, so wait, wait second, yeah, I just finished that one and now I'm doing uh, the Apollo Murders by Chris Hadfield going back okay. to Canada. Yep. Um, and so, oh, uh, so, well, it's uh, read by Ray Porter. which oh, was, okay. That was a pleasant surprise.
2: Nice. Um,
1: so I'm only a f- couple chapters into it so far. But, uh, yeah, give this a go. A Murder nice. in Space. It's supposed to be, like, the characters and all, it's all supposed to be based on true stories and, like, actual events and people. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Hmm. So, yep.
2: Cool. um i also finished aftermath like i just said and going off what you were just saying uh sean um i was going through looking for you know to i've got a i've got a couple of credits stacked up and i had a book in my wish list for the longest time called snark it's just uh just talking about um how people started using snark type comedy well i guess you could call it comedy it's more like a it's just kind of a cheap shot at 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 you know trying to at humor or whatever. And the books read by it are the re- books done by David uh, Denby. And I went, I was just kind of scrolling through the thing, and I was like, "Add to your library." Oh, hey, it's free now. So that's what I did. Um, it was all right. Um, uh, I did read the downloaded. That was that was a free one from Audible. That's the yeah. one that's done by um, Brendan my, Fraser. Brendan yeah. Fraser, and that was that was I enjoyed that. The other thing that I read was um, book one of a series uh, of Darkness and Fire. Um, I don't know if it's going to necessarily be your type of thing, Sean. It is the. It is very much a Chris book. It is it's very like it. <laughs> much a Chris book. It is very much um, the. Um, so I don't want to even say it, it It's it's the it's the um, <laughs> smut. Yeah. It's the it's the um, uh, fantasy smut that she likes to read. Okay. And it is okay. written by my sister-in-law. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, and I told her, the, you know, when she first said she was getting one of her books published, I said I will I will gladly read it when it com- if when it comes out on Audible. And the first one has come out on Audible, so I'm like, cool, then I'm going to I'm yeah. going to listen to it. Um I enjoyed it. Uh like I said, it's not it's not my normal cup of tea. Uh it did definitely Go some places I didn't think it was necessarily going to go. Like I was like, oh, this is this is kind of standard of this type of book because I've read a couple of them because of Chris. And I was like, oh, that's that's a little different. She went a little different here. That's kind of interesting. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I, I am definitely going to recommend it for for Chris to read. So, uh, cool. and then of course we could always talk to. I know I can get the author for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so fair enough. Yeah. If nothing else, I'll just next time she's down here for Christmas or something, I'll just put a mic in front of her and be like, all right, let's go. So fair enough. we'll play board games afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, and then uh, I haven't started it yet, but I've heard a lot of good things about this series called the silver ships series. It's a space faring yeah. series. Um, that
1: keeps popping up on my feed too.
2: I've heard a ton about it on a couple different podcasts. Apparently it's a fairly lengthy series, but it, it has high marks. So I'm like, Oh, I may give that a shot here shortly. So, but yeah. anyway, all right. I, well, uh, so, on my holiday I had one
0: book that I was supposed to read okay Uh, and and, uh, while we were while we were away I I got about 30 pages in just because we didn't get the reading time that I thought I would uh, on on the holiday so Mm -hmm. uh, I'll speak about that one when I get more into it
2: fair (laughs) enough Um, Next month, we are reading the sequel to this. It will be uh, me, Ray, and Sean once again. Uh, It's Freedom TM, as in trademark, also by Daniel Suarez. March, we're supposed to be reading Joseph's book. He still hasn't told us what that's going to be yet. No,
0: I was just talking to him the other day, and we let him know, so he's going to try and pick a good one. So Okay, good.
2: Um, after that is April, and that is uh, Jennifer's book, and it's Making It So by Patrick Stewart. I've already got that one under my belt, so <laughs> I have more credits stacking up for that. Um, and then uh, May is supposed to be your book, Ray. Right? Do you... Do you know what it's going to be yet? Or? I haven't decided yet. Uh, it'll depend on a couple of things.
0: So, um, I, I'm. No, Rush, you got time. I've got time, yeah. and I'm going to use it because I want to find a good one. Okay, cool.
2: Um, I want to make up for the Bardo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank
2: you. <laughs> that is our show for the month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Google Stitcher, where, well, not Stitcher anymore, but wherever it is you listen to the show, you can find us on YouTube at Epically Geeky, where you can watch the video version of this. Um, you can find us at epicallygeeky.com, where you can find all the shows that we do, including the Epically Geeky show, Creatively Geeky, and Sustainably Geeky. Uh, actually the day that this drops, uh, Jen has a new episode out. Um, she interviews a gentleman, uh, in the U S forestry service. So that's, uh, that's kind of an interesting, uh, topic. And, uh, and it's about, uh, I believe it's about, um, uh, purposely setting fires to, you know, try, you know, try to keep our forest at bay and try to keep things cleared out. So, uh Anyway, so you can find all that stuff. You can also find us on social media at uh, on Facebook and Instagram at Epically Geeky. Where can we find you online? Right,
0: uh, I am the Reluctant Yeti on Instagram. That's pretty much it, because X or Twitter or whatever the fuck that is is a cesspool. Yeah, and the uh, uh, what the hell is it called? The threads is threads? Really yeah. a thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: so that, that's a thing.
0: Back. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I'm I'm also on the uh, the college and university websites to warn them of a of another per- person. So,
2: John, <laughs> where We're can off. we find you online?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, just doing innocent things like uh, a good person. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram your favorite broken toy spelled the Canadian way
2: uh, and if, you're fr- if you happen to be friends with me on Facebook you can see all the lovely cat pictures So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got enough
2: of them I know right <laughs> and you can find my individual wacky adventure online at Optomachine on Facebook and Instagram for everyone on the site have a good night
1: presentation of the epically geeky network